This episode is brought to you by Quiet Mind. Introducing the original weighted pillow by Quiet Mind, a revolutionary solution for those seeking relief from anxiety, stress, and the symptoms of ADHD and sensory processing disorder commonly associated with autism. The original weighted pillow offers a huggable, compact, and improved alternative to traditional weighted blankets. Created by Mikey Goldman, who has long struggled with ADHD and anxiety, the original weighted pillow is designed to act as a companion, especially for kids. It's super easy to grab and go, so it's always there when you need a boost of calm. The original weighted pillow provides a personal hug, acting as a tool to promote calmness whenever you need it. Unlike bulky weighted blankets, the ultra soft pillow is easy to move and won't cause you to overheat or feel claustrophobic. The Quiet Mind pillow utilizes the science of deep pressure stimulation, delivering the same emotional, cognitive, and physical benefits as a weighted blanket. It offers a compact, portable, and versatile solution for anyone seeking a natural way to unwind. It's particularly beneficial for children with autism, ADHD, and sensory processing disorder. The Quiet Mind Pillow is like a stress ball for your body, providing relief and relaxation. Just hold it, hug it, and quiet your mind. For more information, visit onequietmind.com. That's O-N-E-Q-U-I-E-T-M-I-N-D.com and use the code THEAUTISMDAD at checkout to save 15%. Welcome to the Autism Dad Podcast. I'm Rob Gorski. This show is inspired by my own personal journey as a full-time single dad raising three autistic kids. It's all about special needs parenting, the challenges we face every single day, as well as some of the things we have to learn to navigate along the way. This season, we're going to put a major focus on empowering and educating parents. We're going to talk all about building a community of support around your family, the importance of self-care, as well as connecting with services and resources that are vital when it comes to raising a child with special needs. So be sure to check us out at listen.theautismdad.com, subscribe on your favorite podcast listening app, sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. On this week's episode of the Autism Dad podcast, uh, we're going to do something just a little bit different. I am currently neck deep in studio renovation, and it's why it's been kind of hit and miss for the month of June, uh, because I'm spread kind of thin at the moment. And rather than just let this be a a week that I don't release something, I wanted to share an interview that I did with my friend Nikki White. Uh, She has the amazing platform called Raising Ramey, and I interviewed her on my other podcast called Special Needs Ohio. She lives about 20 minutes from me in Northeast Ohio, which is why it was on that podcast. But a lot of you know her already and have not heard this interview. And so I thought it would be a great idea to bring this to you guys on this uh, platform and let you listen to the inspiring story of her journey uh, as a mom raising an autistic son and and finding herself kind of in the spotlight helping parents all over the country. So it was a great conversation, very inspiring, and I think it's incredibly relatable. I really appreciate you guys taking the time to tune in, and I hope you enjoy the interview. Thank you so much for taking the time to come on the show. I really appreciate it. Could you take a moment and just tell us a little bit about who you are and kind of what your parenting journey has been? Okay, um, well, my name's Nicole White. And I am a wife and mother of three. Um, I have two girls and a boy. My oldest is almost 17. And I have a seven-year-old girl and my five-year-old son, Ramey. Um, In 2020, Ramey was diagnosed with severe level three autism with severe language disorder and sensory processing disorder. So technically he's non-speaking, but we're getting there. He's got some words. Awesome. Um, Yeah, he's like... 
surprising us every week with some things that he says, like in, in context, he's like surprising us. He had a teacher of his that was um, absent and he looked around the room and he was like, Miss Linda, like he said it out loud and was looking for her. So we we get these little gems here and there where we don't expect him to be saying these things because he it's just once in a lifetime kind of thing he says and boom here it comes so yeah wow. he like actually looked for his teacher very cool and that's he's essentially what got me to start my social media platforms with Instagram and and Facebook with raising Raimi um, just to network with other mommies because I I didn't have anyone that had a a special needs child. I, we had nobody that had an autistic child and social media was kind of where we went for our comfort mm -hmm. and our community. And I, I happened to share a reel of Ramey in the hospital and that took off in a big way. I think it's got over 21 million views at this point. Holy and cow. Yes. And like, Within two months, I went from just a little Raising Ramey Instagram page with like 150 followers to that viral video and over 40,000 followers now. So it's wow. it went very fast. He's got a lot of friends now. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah. Um, okay. So you said uh, there's there a couple of things that I wanted to ask you about. Mm -hmm. One, I can totally relate to when you were talking about um, him saying words for the first time and not just saying words, but words in the right context, right? Mm -hmm. Like in appropriate situations, because yeah. there's, there's a difference, right? Big time. My youngest Emmett, uh, he's 14 now. He mm -hmm. was nonverbal. Oh, my camera keeps zooming in really far. <laughs> it's a little bit weird. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, well, you're fine. Uh, he was nonverbal when he mm. went for the first four years ish of his life, we were told that he was never going to speak and he never, he never said a word. He spoke in like these, um, like musical tones. Yes. It, it was like a melody kind of thing. And does it, that. It, I, I don't know. I don't know what it's called, but it's like, a, it's, it's, it's such a, I, I used to, it was like, just, it was almost like music. And, and we could kind of tell what he needed or how he was feeling based on that. Mm -hmm. And then, uh, we got a, we got a dog and I was, you know, the thought was, you know, I, I want him to connect. I want him to have something to connect with. Yeah. Right. Like, uh, you know, cause I don't know what friends are going to be like for him at that point. And, you know, I couldn't get like a service dog at the time, but I thought maybe this could be sort of like an emotional support kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And the first word that he ever said was dog. And oh. it was, he, he ran after it chasing and he kept calling it dog. But and that's so meaningful though. Right. I have it. And I was, I was recording a video of him chasing a dog because I thought it was cute when he was doing it. And I caught his very first word on camera and, uh, it was the most like surreal experience ever. Yeah. And then, and he was, he was, uh, Gosh, I don't know. He was close to four years old. And and then he just started talking like out of nowhere. Like like he'd been saving it up his whole life and that just didn't went. Yeah, and just didn't want to talk. So I always think like he was kind of just on his own time frame, you know? But uh I totally 
I got goosebumps when you were telling me about that because I, I totally remember what that felt like. Well, he does like Ramey does. He talks very um, well, I shouldn't say talks, but when you were talking about the musical noises and mm-hmm. I mean, that's your own little that's your own little family language. So, yeah. you know what he's saying. And that's the same thing with Ramey. And he does a lot of his little squeaks. And um, Ramey is a big scripter. He will script um, like little videos we do. He loves doing stories on like Instagram and stuff. He will script those. So I'll save those and he like acts them out. Um, But I think there's something and my husband and I were talking about it. I think there's something about him being at school where that switch flips and he kind of feels that independence. His teacher told me the other day or not the other day last week, his teacher told me that, um, that's a big deal when we hear that he wants to play with other kids because he was a big parallel player. Um, he'd play next to them, but not with them. He's like, you know, right. I want to do my own thing. He loves the running back and forth they do in the gym. Mm-hmm. He said that he looked up at a friend and grabbed a friend's hand and said, chase me. For Ramey to say Miss Linda and look for her and that, Kind of, I mean, it's two words, but you kind of think of it as one thing, like that's just one person. So it's mm-hmm. like, could be one long word to him for all he's concerned. Um, but to look at a friend in a play situation and like give a command or ask for something in context. Mm-hmm. He said that she looked at the other teachers and they were all just kind of staring at each other. Like, did that just happen? And I, I can feel it in him. I know it's in there. He has his speech device that he likes to use, and mm-hmm. that's his preferred method of communication right now. And he's doing really well with it. We have no, usually they start off with words hidden just to kind of get them used to the commands they're going to want. Mm-hmm. Um, he's got no words hidden. He's doing two and three word sentences right now. But if you get him like, if we're not sure what he wants, we're like, come on, let's go use your talker. He'll get real frustrated and that'll push him over the edge to where he'll just go talker. <laughs> he's like, you know, drink. Like, I don't want to use my talker right now, but he's he's got to be pushed a little bit to that mm-hmm. point. So I, I know it's in there. It's just whenever that switch goes off and he feels comfortable enough to use it or, you know, it hits him like, OK, this is what I need to say to make this happen. But it's it's. We're like so hopeful. Yeah. Well, and it's so, it's so crazy because like when Emmett started talking, it was completely, it was just completely unexpected. Like we were teaching him sign language. We thought that, uh, we were told that he was deaf. And so like he failed all his hearing screenings, like he wouldn't respond to voice or you could come up behind him with like, um, you know, lids to pans and like crash together and he wouldn't even flinch. Um, And it's, it was so like, we're learning sign language and, you know, finding some way to communicate with him. Yeah. And we were up at Akron Children's, uh, and he had an ABR done where they sedate him and put the electrodes on to see if his brain is processing sound. And he was, he processed sound, which means he could hear. And we're like, wow. Like how, how is that possible that he can just ignore everything going on around him? And they're like, well, he's probably autistic. And we were Mm -hmm. like... Like didn't yeah well it never it never occurred to us because right. like my oldest was autistic or is autistic mm-hmm. and was very very different and yeah. so we just thought well he doesn't act like his brother so it can't be the same thing because we had no idea back then right uh, 
but then he just started responding and communicating and it was out of nowhere. And, yeah. and so like, I, I, I get what you're saying when, when you say like, you know, it's in there, it's yeah, just, you can feel it. With that. Yeah. And it, for, for us, it was just like, he just wasn't ready. Yeah. And when he was ready, he just decided to engage with the world. And now he's, mm -hmm. you know, in a, in a whole different place. Uh, but it's, it is, it's, it's such a, it's such a unique experience to, to hear just one or two simple words in the proper context. <laughs> like it just, it's mind blowing. Cause that's a mountain for them. And oh, that's, yeah. that, that's like Everest for the parents too, because you know, as badly as we want to know what's going on inside their brain and we want to know what they're thinking and how they feel about their ability or inability to communicate, we can't. So we don't know if they're just sitting on these words, like waiting to say them. Mm -hmm. So when it, when it does happen and we get that little glimmer of hope, it's like, that is enormous. Cause it's like, okay, you guys, it, it's coming together. Mm -hmm. Like everything we're doing, you always wonder, you know, am I, Am I doing enough? Am I doing this right? Is this what they need? And then when you see it kind of come together, it's just that little ball of reassurance that you needed to go, okay, we can keep going. We can keep doing this. Yep. this is, it's happening. He just decides to do his when he's at school. At home, he's like, uh, no. <laughs> well, I wanted to ask you, and because you're in Ohio, which is so cool, I was telling you this before we started recording, like you're, you're the first uh, like parent to parent kind of thing that I've, I've done with somebody in Ohio and, yeah. and you're just, I don't know, you're like 20 minutes for me, something like that. Yeah. And, <laughs> and that's it. Yeah. It's, it's just such a cool experience. Cause when I'll say like, Oh, we went to Akron children's, you know where that is, right? Like that's where we got Randy's diagnosis. His penis, yeah. penis at Akron children's. Yeah. It's so, so it's a, it's a whole different thing. And yeah. so I, I was wondering what, what was, what was that process like for you guys when you like, did you, did you first notice something wasn't quite like there or, or off or was it like a, did the doctors point something out or how did you, how did you know to start looking at an evaluation? Um, I'll say that, um, we noticed first, um, my husband, and I had a little different timeline on it. I think, I think, Parents, you know, they process things differently. Um, I felt there was something different. I had felt that for a long time, but I couldn't voice that or say this is different because nothing was showing really different mm -hmm. until it did start showing. Not responding to his name, not really playing with toys. No sense of danger. He had insane gross motor skills. This child was walking by eight, nine months. Um, wow. yes, he was climbing everything. We had a, a glider right next to his changing table. I left him for five seconds to run and grab a thing of wipes from the bag. He scaled on the shaky glider, scaled it and got up to the tippy top of his changing table and was starting to try and climb a shelf by the wall or on the wall. Holy cow. In zero sense of danger, zero sense of falling, like. No I've fear. never seen a child like he was a little acrobat all over the house. Um, and then we started to have. Um, 
I can remember specifically, I think it was my, my father-in-law had, had said that, you know, he's not noticing me when I come in the room. Like he could care less whether I'm here or not. So that along with the fact that he wasn't, there was no mama, there was no dada, there was no baba, like no, no words. Mm-hmm. Um, when we started getting to those well checks where they're checking for those milestones, it's like, okay, his gross motor skills are, are phenomenal. His fine motor skills are not there. Um, he wasn't pointing, you know, nothing like that. And the talking is what m- mostly concerned them. So she had mentioned, you know, you know, autism screening. I think it was about his 18 month checkup. If he didn't start really talking soon. And my husband was more, you know, maybe he just needs more time. He, maybe he's just a late talker. Maybe mm-hmm. at most speech therapy, you know, this isn't. They're, they're kind of going out of proportion with this. And I was kind of sitting there like, I I know that I already know what the outcome of these tests are going to be. So by the time he hit two and things still weren't moving, I told my husband, I said, you know, we'll give it till two. And if things don't change, we're going to do these tests. And we did. And he scored, they did the in-home test and he scored at high risk for autism. So then they set up the neurological and behavioral testing mm-hmm. and, um, that's when we got our diagnosis and it was very much like, and they're great when they're playing with him and doing all the testing, but it feels like when you're told that you're just kind of told that and then you're left. I, uh, I interviewed somebody on, on the other podcast, a company called beaming health. She has an autistic brother Mm. and I think she's neurodivergent herself. And she said, so she created this app that allowed you to like connect with local resources and everything else. It's a free thing. But anyways, she said that what she got kept hearing from parents and what she experienced with her parents was like, you get a diagnosis and you're shoved off a cliff and told to find a parachute on the way down. Yeah. And I I never thought about it like that, but that's so, it's so true because there isn't, there is no like A, B, C, D, E, you know, it's. Mm -hmm. A, your evaluation, B, your diagnosis, and then C, you out the door. I mean, that's really what it is, too. I mean, we had we had recommendations and basically the doctor print out like, hey, we recommend speech therapy. We recommend OT. Um, here's paperwork to get you started for a head start for them. And. But there's so much more to it. Oh, I, yeah. I, it's almost like there needs to be some type of caseworker assigned to parents for Hey, here's your emotional support. Here are your, your long-term questions. Here's, you know, these are the places where you can go. It's very much a sink or swim kind of feeling. And they weren't cold about it. They were very, very nice, but it was almost just like, we got your test back and you, you had the flu. It's kind of, yeah, it's like, it's it's like reading off lab results or something like, oh, your cholesterol is a little high. Yeah. You know, um, I, that's so true. And it's, it's one of the things that, that I, you know, like doctors and, and medical staff and therapists, like they're absolutely amazing, right? Mm-hmm. They are essential. We need them. I appreciate everything that they do. Yeah. But, but there is a, it's like, there's a, not a, maybe a disconnect where, where there's a, there's a lot that isn't covered, yeah. like all the human side of everything, yes. right? Where how this is going to affect your family. Yeah. 
you walk out of there. I remember when I first heard when my oldest was diagnosed in 2005 and they were still, it was Asperger's at that time, mm-hmm. which, you know, they don't use anymore. But, um, yeah. I, I was terrified. Mm-hmm. I had no idea what it meant. Yeah. And I remember like I cried at every one of my kids' diagnoses and I've been through it three times because you just don't know like the emotional and it was, it wasn't like grieving the life that I thought they would have or the, or that I thought I would have. It was just like the unknown. You don't want your kids to have it any harder than what they're already going to have it. And now you've just been handed a plate full of difficulties for them. Yeah. Like, Hey, here you go. Your child is going to have a very challenging time with the most basic of things. There you go. And you're sitting there like, what do I do? Like next. (laughs) I, I, uh, you know, that's, you made a really good point. Like there should be, whether it's on an institutional level, like through the hospital uh, or through like a jobs and families kind of thing. And I, I do know that like jobs and families, I think now has um, something, some kind of specialized thing for parents of kids with special needs, but there needs to be, they need to connect you with at least connect you with other parents or yes. refer you to even Facebook groups or, yeah. you know, something where you can connect with other parents who have already been through what you're going through and they can just tell you that it's going to be okay. Yeah. And yeah, that's, absolutely. that's what's lacking. That's a big part of, I think what's lacking. Yeah. There needs to be some type of liaison to be like, I'm your point person. If I don't know, then I can point you in the right direction. Like, you know, you have a question about this service. This is okay. Let's work it out. Let's find where to go to. I mean, mm-hmm. I know with mental health, there's case managers that will check in on you once a week and they will help you do what is needed to be done. Whatever you got on your plate, they'll help you. I think that needs to be done for special needs families so that you at least have some form of support. There's some form of relief. Like you can have someone come in and go, all right, I will sit there and help you do this because so many mommies I hear are like, everyone ran. We don't have the support. No one knows how to handle my child. So they're not even coming to help me handle my child, even letting me take a shower for 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. You know, there's there's got to be someone or some way we could have like, like I said, you know, like a case manager come by once a week. What is your family struggling with right now? What do they need? Okay, kindergarten's on the horizon. This is how we start to do this. It doesn't need to be a lot. It could be an hour a week, but that would help families so much because it's not just a child's diagnosis. You are now creating a new life for an entire family. Yeah, that's that's a really good point too because, you know, I know a lot of times when we talk about like our, our kids with autism or ADHD or like whatever is going on, we, I mean, it really is while, while that kid is the one who's experiencing it firsthand, right? Like they have to, they're living it firsthand. Uh, the rest of us are living it with them because yeah. it, it does, it isn't just a, a them challenge. It affects everybody because especially when you have neurotypical kids as well, because you have to, and I was just talking about this with uh, somebody just the other day. We were talking about it on the Facebook, uh, one of the Facebook live things. Yeah. When you said it, I was like, 
<laughs> yeah, I remember. And and it's like, <laughs> and it's, and it's just like, yeah, you know, like it's, how do you, how do you, there's, there's so many things that you can't learn in a doctor's office yeah. or even in, even in, you know, OT or PT or speech or whatever, there needs to be people who have been there to help guide you like down that path. Like yeah. this is how you start building your village. This is, mm -hmm. this is how you start uh, building your, your support system. These are the people that you need to kind of, these are the kind of positions that you need to fill and, you know, find people who can do that. If you can't, we'll help you find people, uh, yeah. you know, prioritize and start getting parents to prioritize self-care, like right from the get-go so that they, they can sustain throughout this whole journey instead right. of burning out. Cause you know, I burn out, I'm in burnout coming out of burnout now. And, and I really tried Absolutely. to avoid it and yeah. you just, it, it's just overwhelming the responsibility. And I think that, you know, we try and be so much for our kids as parents as it is. And you try and be everything. And there, I mean, we don't have capes. You, you can't be everything. But I think in order to have the best supports for the child, you need to support the parent so that they know how to navigate this. Mm -hmm. Because you feel like you're on an island. You you don't know. And and one person with autism is one person person with autism. Everyone's yep. so different. You can't just go, okay, well, my kid has the flu, so let's keep them hydrated and they'll be good in a few days. Like, no, I don't know what challenges my child's going to have. I need to be able to best support them in those, yeah. those challenges. So yeah, I think by supporting the parents, you're supporting the family and it, it, yeah, it's desperately needed. Yeah. When you, when you give the parents the tools that they need, they can, they can manage a lot more than what they think they can. But there's just a lack of there, there's a there's a lack of support. And I was just talking to I was talking to somebody um, in Ohio, and and they were saying like Ohio is resource rich but connection poor. Yeah. So there's a lot of resources out there that are available. Mm -hmm. We just don't know where they are, and if we do know where they are, we don't know how to access them. Yeah. And that's that's a huge problem. And like my experience doesn't really go beyond Northeast Ohio, you know, cause I'm in the Canton area. And so like my, my experience is like Stark County, you know, maybe like summit cause it's, they're all kind of the same, but, um, yeah, we're summit. Yeah. It's, there's a different, it's, it's hard to, it's hard to even know where to look yeah. or to even get started, you know? And I think that's, and and parents are overwhelmed and they're exhausted and they're tired and they're scared. Yep. And so it's such a big thing. You don't know where to begin and you get paralyzed. Like you yeah. just, you just stop. You do, you just don't do anything. And, and then time passes. Right. And mm -hmm. with, with, with our kids, like early intervention is key to helping them, you know, uh, yeah. do as well as they can. And, um, so, so let me, let me ask you this. What, what has your experience been with resources? Do you find it, is, was it hard to connect to them or this episode is brought to you by Social Cipher. I'm really excited to share this great new video game we just played in my house called Ava and it's created by a company called Social Cipher. Social Cipher's mission is to represent and empower neurodivergent youth by teaching self-advocacy skills and self-confidence through social-emotional learning. 
This is such a cool game, and it follows Ava, an autistic space pirate, as she navigates her way through social challenges, self-doubt, and connecting with her community. Ava is helping kids in over 220 schools and therapy centers across six countries build the social-emotional skills they need to better navigate everyday life. Social Cypher is excited to share that they've just released a brand new game mode called World Builder. World Builder lets players design and create their own fantasy world while exploring the building blocks of social-emotional learning. It's time to design a world with your own creative and adventurous spirit, whether it's building a home, a pirate ship, or anything else you can dream up. For more information, visit socialciphergame.com. That's S-O-C-I-A-L-C-I-P-H-E-R-G-A-M-E.com and use the code THEAUTISMDAD to get 15% off and start playing today. Yeah, I I mean, it's, you always think about, oh, this would make my life so much easier, or this would make it so much easier to do, but you don't know that it's actually out there. So you, it's a lot of chasing them down. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of, um, I turn to social media for my community and to, to find that common ground. And through that, I have found, oh, well, okay, I can do that. I got to okay, she did this. I'm going to go do this here. Word of mouth, basically through social media, but you really do have to go hunt down the resources. It's not like, like I said, you, we got the doctor printout of the speech and OT places to call. But beyond that, like to get your child involved in certain things, whether whether it's sports or um, I know I've been actively searching music therapy for Amy because I think that he would love it. Mm. He's such a musical little guy. Yeah. I haven't been, haven't been having luck finding it. Um, yeah, it's, it's a lot of chasing down, a lot of researching, a lot of chasing down. So what are like, what are some of the challenges that you guys are dealing with currently? Oh, um, we just got out of a doctor's appointment, um, for a GI doctor with Ramey. Mm-hmm. Um, it's rough when Ramey gets sick. Ramey has, um, a tendency to have a very limited diet where he'll only eat one or two things at a time. Mm -hmm. When he gets sick, you can guarantee that'll be down to one. Um, and he had been getting sick a lot, like tummy bug type sick. And we were kind of going, oh, what's going on here? Because he's fine throughout the day. And then at night we're talking about vomiting episodes that are happening like every 20 to 30 minutes and it's lasting all night long. Um, I brought it up after doing some research. I kept seeing cyclical vomiting syndrome, Mm -hmm. vomiting syndrome. Like he checked every box. He was just checking all the boxes for this. And I mean, down to family history of migraines, my husband suffers from migraine. Like, okay. So we took him to the pediatrician and he had lost a considerable amount of weight from one of these episodes. And I, I mean, I had the journals, the medical journals, I had them highlighted of where Go you. this is my son. Like right. this is what's wrong with my son. And I've had this pediatrician for years and I never walk in like that. I, she's a great doctor. I trust her opinion, but this was a, no, this is wrong with my son and you're going to help me find out how to fix this. <laughs> so, um, she did. She sat there. She got her computer. She's like, okay, Nikki, tell me everything in those papers that applies to your son. And I went and she typed away and she's looking and she's, this is it. 
this is what's wrong. This is what's going on. So um, she refers to the GI doctor. That took about four months to get into. Um, and he's like, you know, I, I read through his chart and everything. Um, tell me what's going on. And I started talking a little bit more and more. He goes, so what do you think it is? And as soon as the words started to leave my mouth, he had this big grin on his face. And he's like, I was going to tell you that's what it was before you walked in the door here. <laughs> he goes, this is very common with kids. It's very common with kids on the spectrum. Really? Um, yes. And he said it can last six months or it can last six years. He said normally he, he there's another term for it. They said um, stomach migraines because usually kids who deal with that in childhood years evolve to getting migraines when they're older. Really? Um, yeah. So we're going through, I actually have to get him scheduled for imaging and certain other tests just to rule out anything more serious. He's like, it's precautionary. Mm-hmm. He doesn't think there's anything else going on. Um, but that's one of our challenges is that about every four to six weeks, we have an episode like this now. And with his very limited diet, you know, keeping weight on him. Yeah. It's, I was so upset he, he got, cause he's not, he's a skinny little boy. So when he lost weight, it was just like my son putting his jammies on. I'm like, where did you go? Um, but for right now, I guess what they can do is they can give you a daily medication. Um, it does have some side effects, but those are for children who tend to be more severe where they're having it almost weekly. Ramey being four to six weeks apart, we've got a decent prescription for Zofran and some refills. Sometimes Zofran, you know, he's still throwing up through the Zofran, which can kind of tell you how bad it is because I've had Zofran before and that just knocks it out. You're good. Zofran is amazing. Yes. There are yes. times where Ramey will still be sick through the Zofran. And that's wow. not, that's like a four milligram dose. It's an adult dose. It's an adult dose. Yes. That he's taking that. He's taking that and still getting sick. Wow. So, but we, I mean, it slows it down. So that's good. It, it slows it down for him. Um, but that was the last thing that we really had the challenge for. Um, he's going to start kindergarten this fall. So mommy's having some challenges with that. Yeah. Oh my God. Yes. He, academically, he's ready. Academically, he knows his months. He knows the days of the week. He can, you know, he's counting. He knows his ABCs. There's no doubt academically. Mm-hmm. Um, they were trying to get him to snip scissors because he said his fine motor skills were a little, eh. but now he's snipping away. But I'm just like, my baby. <laughs> I love, I love his school. He has a specialized preschool right now. His teachers see him. Mm-hmm. They know my son. They love my son. He is clearly thriving there. I want them to stay with him until he graduates high forever. School. <laughs> yeah. like, I love these. I love these women. Yeah, and he does too. Um, but the bonus is he will be going to Jocelyn's school, which Jossie is my seven-year-old. So okay. they'll be in the same school. She's really excited about that. She's like, "Mom, maybe he'll come to my classroom." I'm like, well, I'll see if they'll bring him by to visit you. You know, <laughs> but um. Yeah, so we'll see. There, we, we're just talking about, it may have been on that same live. We're, we're talking about like, sometimes you gotta, like letting go is really hard to do. Oh. It's so hard, especially 
like I, I, I feel like when I look back on, I feel like I was more of like a, a helicopter parent, yeah. but only, only because like, I mean, there was a lot going on with my kids. And yeah. so you're hyper vigilant. You're, you're trying to protect them from the world because the world. Honestly, I was going to say, you're just being protective. That's right. But you know, COVID when COVID hit and we were, we were on lockdown for 15 months. It was, it was me and my three kids in my house alone for 15 months. Uh, cause my oldest is immunocompromised. So we, uh, that was, I learned a lot of lessons. I have no year, doubt. year and a half. <laughs> Letting go was one of them a little bit because we started learning skills that I hadn't allowed them to explore before, like cooking on a stove and yeah. baking and things like that. And, um, I it, love it, seeing what he makes. It's crazy. I'm he's like, so, he's I'm like so, you know, they're not that far. I wonder if I, <laughs> I'm hungry. <laughs> there, he, he, I'm really, uh, I'm really trying to watch what I eat. Like I had I'd lost a lot of weight, started sliding a little bit backwards. And, and now they're baking all of these things. Yes. And it's like, oh God, they get so, they get, they get hurt if I don't, if I don't eat it. I'm like, yeah. guys, once a week, let's just bake once a week and I will eat some of whatever you make. I'm sure yeah. it's going to be delicious, but like, I can't, I can't do it all the time. Like, it's just not, you know what you're doing to dad. <laughs> yeah. It's not, it's not good guys. Okay. My uh, oldest got a job at a bakery. You what? Wait, wait, what now? My, my oldest daughter, she got yeah. a job at a bakery. Really? So every night she's bringing back like. There's here, mom. I brought home an apple pie. I'm like, oh, oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> I'm so happy for you that you did that. Sweet, yeah, right. Because there's some nights where it's like I just don't care. Bring it on. <laughs> right? It's been one of those days. We'll just yeah. work it off tomorrow. But uh, but yeah, I mean, they just the the letting go is really hard because and even like my oldest is 23, and you know he's doing the uh, job training and we're. He's got the DD waiver and looking mm. at um, uh, day services next week. Um, I'm I'm almost not involved, right? Because everything goes through him, oh. and it's so weird. Because for 23 years, I have well since he was a year old. Yeah, I met him when he was a year old, mm. and and so it, it's been me and Gavin, like we just, I was always there for all the appointments. I was there for all the things at school, mm. everything that went through with him. I was always there. And now it's like, they're not even asking me the questions. They're asking him the questions. And it's yeah. like, Oh, but you, but you got to step back and and you gotta, oh. you know, like, Oh, I mean, he's a lot older. So kindergarten's a whole different, I was super I understand, nervous. Though, it's, that's still your baby. Like, yeah. Oh yeah. That, I was super nervous when they started school. I was really yeah. nervous when they started school. So I, I do, I do get that. Yeah. It's, it's just like, and the, the bonus part for me, I guess, is that, um, one of Sheena's friends that was in my oldest name, Sheena, one of her friends that she's gone to school with all these years, um, her, her little brother, their little brother is autistic. I don't know the exact like diagnosis, but mm -hmm. I mean, he's autistic. He has a lot of similarities to Ramey and he went through this, the same school system. And, um, his mom actually contacted me and said, you know, she had great experience with everything. She actually is now a one-to-one -one 
with a kindergartner. And I was like, why can't you oh, be wow. raised with one? All right. <laughs> yeah. So I just found out that because I'm in school, I just found out that my degree makes it so that I can be a one to one with kids. Yeah. I was like, well, let's just pop into Indeed and see what kind of jobs I could get. And I was floored. So that's pretty exciting new avenue for me. Very cool. Look at. Yeah. So. Yeah. So at least at least there's that. And then I have the added that I've already seen someone go through our school system and flourish with it and, mm-hmm. and do well. So just trying to take deep breaths. And look. Yeah, it's 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 all going to be OK. It's <laughs> it's uh, you know, it's it's. Oh, it's easy to say that. It's another thing to be in your shoes. I'm not trying to trivialize it because I, I remember what it was like. Wow. I was so uh, I, in fact, for the entire time that my kids were in grade school, they went to Summit Academy, which mm-hmm. is like a school for autistic kids. Mm-hmm. And I would, they'd get out of school at three o'clock. I would be in parent pickup line at 2 PM every day. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I was, volunteering in the classrooms. I was, you know, always hanging out and talking with the teachers or in the yeah. office talking to whatever, because like, I just wanted to be as involved as I possibly could so that I knew that my kids were in a safe place yes. and that they were getting, you know, they were treated the way that they deserve to be treated. And, and it's, uh, we were very lucky because they did an amazing job. Um, yeah. but I totally, I totally get it. Totally. get yeah, it. We, we bounce back and forth between, um, putting him in a specialized school for autistic children versus putting him in like mainstream public school. What we kind of fall back on and just reassures us is that, you know, neither is permanent. Mm-hmm. If we don't feel good about where public public school is going, yep. we can put him right into the school that was our next choice. So we just, I think Jocelyn, I think had a, a big weight with that, with having them both together in school. Mm-hmm. So I, you know, we're going to, we're going to try that first. You know, I, yeah, I, I think, I, I think our kids a lot of times end up flourishing yeah. and, and then they come out of their shell because they want to interact with other kids the way that other kids interact. And seeing and hearing him say like, chase me and yep. going and holding his buddy's hand. She, she had also sent me a picture out of the blue. He went up and put his arm around one of his little friends at school. It seeing that makes me go, okay, yes, let's get get him around all the kids. He's, he's yeah. socially getting ready for this. Yeah. He's working up to it. Yeah. <laughs> he's just, he's just, on, it's just like with Emmett. He was on his own timetable. Mm-hmm. He's like, I'll, I'll be there in a minute. Just, you know, give me, give me some time. Um, how, so how can people, so, so let's just talk real quick about your social media mm-hmm. stuff that you do, because it's pretty amazing. Thank and you. so you got started with that viral Mm-hmm. video and yeah. and what has it been like since then it's wild i mean right. okay let's just do exhibit a so i'm sitting here doing a podcast with the person that was the first person to help my husband when our son was first diagnosed the first person he found on social media was you really 100 percent. he's like nick you got it there's this guy he's called the autism dad he's from ohio everything he's saying is just it it's exactly how I felt exactly. Yeah. It allowed him to take a breath and be allowed to feel how he was feeling. And he kind of 
felt, I think he kind of felt like he got his footing after that. Like, okay, oh, I've wow. got, I've got someone that I can listen to who's been there, done that, is going through it. He's saying all the things that I'm thinking right now. And I was like, well, that was, you know, that's awesome. It, it also helps that your last name is the same last name of my husband's grandmother. And he's like bugging me as he's walking out the door. He's like, really? Sit down to the spelling. He goes, find out if they're from Michigan, if he's got any Michigan. Oh, no, Youngstown. <laughs> I was like, I'll, I'll talk to him. <laughs> it's, it's like, it's like Smith. Yes. It's the equivalent of Smith. Like it's everywhere. I just didn't know that. Yep. I but, always assumed. But yeah, it's, it's wild. Um, to we, I just got a chance to be a part of the gratitude journal that Amanda Owen put together. It's, it's me. It's Kate from mm -hmm. Finding Cooper's Voice. God, there's so, and I'm drawing a blank with everybody else right now. Um, Autism Adventures with Alyssa. Stellan's Way. Like, there's a lot of us that are in this gratitude journal. It's about 30 moms um, that just, we tell our stories about finding the joy in the hard parts. Mm -hmm. and finding the gratitude in the hard parts. And then there's a spot where the mommy who's got the journal can, you know, write her own journal for it. So, I mean, we just got a chance to do that. That's on pre-order now. Um, all of a sudden, like I said, it happened in a couple months. So all of a sudden I went from watching everyone to being in the conversation a little bit and going, oh, people... People know my son. Wait, that person who I was just watching just said my name. <laughs> it, yeah, it's it's really wild. Um, I just did. I just had a meeting with a local restaurant that was looking to do a sensory night, and they want to do like quarterly sensory days to see you know see how it goes for mm -hmm. them. Um, so we sat down and brainstormed all the changes they can make to make it sensory friendly. That is happening. I want to say they are doing that on the twenty third. Oh wow. Uh, yeah, it's the Doodle Drive-In by, I don't know how familiar you are with like the Falls area, but um, it's on Steel's Corners where Retro Dog used to be. Oh, okay. I'm familiar with Steel's Corners. Yeah, because that's yeah. like off by where Blossom is. But yeah, it's right around there. Um, yeah, they're going to turn down the lights. They're going to turn down the noise. They We went over menu for pick eaters. Um, she has a massive box of fidgets for those for those who need to play with them. And then people walking in the door, first 10 get free fidgets. Um, so that's, that's going to be a whole lot of fun. And that was really cool to do. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's pretty, pretty wild. It's very cool. Yeah. <laughs> it's very cool. I, uh, I, I didn't realize that you guys were in Ohio for the longest time. And I don't know how <laughs> it's just, I, I'm oblivious to things sometimes. <laughs> you but, and me both. It's okay. Uh, well, Kate's who the, Kate's the one who told me. She's like, right? "Oh, you should you should talk to Nikki. She's in Ohio." And I was like, "What are you talking about? Like, how would I not know that? <laughs> how would I not know that?" And and uh, yeah, that's when I that's that much about that I'm that I'm in Ohio. I don't think I brought it up that much. Well, I I'm used to there not really being, uh, you know. The stuff that I've done was always, it's, I've been doing it so, so long now. And yeah. it's like two, that since 2010. Mm -hmm. And most of it was just kind of like everywhere. Right. Like, and, and there was never, there was never really anything 
locally. Mm-hmm. Right. And so I, I'm really excited about this now because it's, it's getting to connect with, with families. Yeah. Like in, in getting to talk to people who live in the same community and, and connect people, uh, with other people who are in the yeah. same place, you know, and help them navigate the systems and, and find things that can help make their lives better and whatever. And, uh, it, it was just, I don't know. I just didn't, I didn't, I didn't know anybody really in Ohio. And you know what? And it, it's, it's so nice because we had from about from 2019, from the very start of 2019, we had a really traumatic year. We had lost five people in a matter of months. Um, oh, I'm sorry. Thank you. I, one of which was my mom that was very sudden and I was there present when that occurred. That's like the backdrop of figuring out Ramey's diagnosis. All this stuff was going on at the same time we were getting him diagnosed. And I, it was all the more isolating because mm-hmm. you're reeling from all these things. And then, you know, the diagnosis on top of it. And it's just like, you're trying to figure everything out and not having people to turn to, but now there's all this networking and it, it, you know, okay, here, get in contact with this person. I'll hook you up with this person over here. It's like, I have people. Mm -hmm. And it, it's, it takes that cloud away. takes that dark cloud away. It's like, okay, I can see some light coming in, in now. I'm not by myself. We've, we've got this community that's been, that's been made. And that's where it's like, um, when I'll get messages on my social media about, and I just really needed to hear this right now, or, you know, I needed to see someone say that. That's it. Like I've, I've accomplished what I'd like to accomplish. I've got however many mommies feeling better. Like they're not alone. Like they can talk to somebody. It's therapeutic. Yes, it, it really is. I, I, uh, I, I don't think I would have made it if I hadn't been doing this. You yeah. know, I mean, it was a huge career shift for me and I, I needed something positive to come out of all of the pain, yeah. you know, and all the fear and all the challenge. And this turned out to be a very positive thing. You know, oh, what and you're doing is wonderful. And it's Absolutely wonderful. And it feels good to help other people, like you said. So, I mean, it's you, I think it's like we were meant to do this. Mm-hmm. It just wasn't, we just didn't know anything about it until we were kind of shoved off that cliff. I was going to say, yeah, we were put on the path and it was, it was just like, no, I'm going to, I'm going to push you through to the point you need to be at. And yeah. it, you just, you take your lumps along the way, but then you're and, here. And it's your calling at this point, yeah. right? And, you know, it's it's making the world a better place for our kids and making the world a better place for everyone else's kids, you mm-hmm. know? So I, I love what you guys are doing. I think it's Thanks. absolutely amazing. I'm so excited that uh, we got to talk today. Yes. Very, very cool for me. Yeah. Um, how how can people find you? What's the best way for people to find you? Um, Most people find me on Instagram. Uh at Raising Ramey. Um, I also have Facebook at Raising Ramey. Um, I'm considering a website, but I'm not there yet. But the, those are the two places that I would go to. I'm very good about getting my messages, even with the Instagram being kind 
the amount of followers that there are in the messages. I'm pretty good about getting back to every everybody. So if someone wanted to get a hold of me, that would be the best way. Okay. And I'll um, share the links for that yeah. stuff in the show notes and stuff like that. Awesome. So people can just one click connect. Yes. That's what we'll call it. One click connect. Yes. Um, is there any like parting words that you want to share with parents out there listening? Um, I think the biggest, biggest thing that will cover it all is that, you know, when your child is diagnosed, you're just getting to know your child better. You're getting to know how they need to be listened to. You're getting to know how they need to be loved. You're getting to know how they need to be heard. It's going to change your parenting. It's not going to change your child. That is always your child. And they will always be the same child before you walked in those doors. You're just going to know how to love them the way that they need it. So I think that's the biggest thing is just knowing that your child did not change because of this diagnosis. You are going to change because of this diagnosis and you're going to change for the better because you're going to be everything that they need you to be. That was really deep, actually. That that's that's a really that's a really good way of looking at that. I never I never thought about it like that. That is how it's felt. That's like that transition I made as a mom because I have two neurotypical girls. Um now I have an autistic son. The transition I made as a mom, it also changed how I mother them. I don't just listen to their words. I listen to their body language. I listen to their behaviors. I listen to their patterns. Mm-hmm. Everything that Ramey taught me about having to rethink how I parent and how I hear someone has benefited my girls. Mm. My kids have down, like, like hands down made me a better person. Yes. I, I I've slowed down some anyways mm-hmm. the ADHD is like pff, all over the place but like oh, I got gotcha. you <laughs> but <laughs> but <laughs> but but like I appreciate things that I didn't appreciate before like my focus was in the wrong place a lot of times when I was younger and uh I've learned to appreciate things in a way that I just wouldn't have otherwise weren't it for my kids so I totally totally get it I think that's an amazing way to look at it and uh that's that's awesome Thank you. Thank you so much for uh, taking the time to come on and, and share your story. And I, I look forward to, to seeing how everything works out for you guys and and uh, and keep learning. Thank you so much for having me. This was awesome. Any Anytime. Anytime. Uh, pleasure was mine. I really appreciate it. If your husband wants to come on, let him know. He will come on and I'll make him. Make him. He'll come on. He'll be the first Ohio dad. I'm telling you, he's ready. I just put up a reel about him and he was like, just for all autism daddies. And uh, he's like turning into the little blushing boy over there because he's like, yeah. how many people have seen it? I'm like, Lots. You, know how many people? <laughs> you don't want to know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he. I don't think we'll have to twist his arm too hard. All right. I'd love to meet him. I think that'd be awesome. So yeah. anytime, let me know and okay. uh, we'll set that up. Okay, perfect. All right. Thank you so much. Have a great Tuesday. It's Tuesday. Have a great rest of your week. Yes. You too. Thank Thank you.
real quick, before I let you go, I just want to say thank you for tuning in. I, I really appreciate it. And I hope you enjoyed this episode and it has a positive impact on your life because that's what I'm aiming for here. As a reminder, you can visit listen.theautismdad.com. You can learn about me and anything related to the show. You can subscribe on any one of your favorite podcast listening apps so you never miss a new episode. And please take a moment and rate us on Apple Podcasts. There'll be a link in the show notes below for you just to click. It'll take you right there. It takes like 30 seconds and it makes a big difference. So it's a great way to support the show and uh, help keep the wheels turning. So have a great week and we'll talk soon.